What, what, what am I? Take your seats, ladies and gentlemen. Let us begin. Poetry. Poetry night. Poetry night rings through. On Monday, October 1st, we said... Ladies and gentlemen, would you please give a warm welcome to our first performer, our first poet, Jeff. Please welcome Jeff to the stage. My first poem is tentatively titled, Cave Poem. Lay down with me, sun sheltered and cave cool. Let's dream lizard dreams together. Let's lay low in deserts somewhere. Let me kiss you in the shade. Bestow on me your green-eyed passions. Let's get cold together. And in the longing of a dry night, let's lick the scales clean. Shed our weight together. Become new together. Wake up with the sun shining again the next day together. The second one is titled, In the Alteration of Pigeons. These and friends sat by lake, watched waters lap like dogs' tongues. Slow tide but wind-blown, like bird wing, like feral shadows. Dark shapes in secret waters, hearts sunk like drowned towns. But no, not that, but not nothing. Not nothing but fear. No dark wings, no birds here, none but clouds, no wind but mist, no friends but shadows, no lake but water. That is Jeff, ladies and gentlemen. Give him a hand. Keep it going. Please welcome Dwayne to the stage. Upon the trail to Pinnacle Lake. The hike is longer now. Rain has eroded away the road, being reclaimed by grass and saplings that yearn to sway in starlight. I am wrapped within the peacefulness of isolation. I come to their marker, Mary Cooper and her daughter, Susanna Stodden, murdered just off trail, still unsolved, still casting a solemn pallor over my refuge. I continue on towards the lake. My prints alternate snow to mud, mud to snow, snow to mud. No other prints mars my passage. At rest at water's edge, gazing into slow ripples, allow me to step into other memories spent here with family, with friends, with lovers, with myself. A stone dislodges, soft leather upon rock, someone nears. He comes on slowly, knows of my presence, 
my tracks yet to melt or reclaimed by mud and rain. Rifle over his right shoulder, pistol riding high upon his left hip, he takes me in with a long glance, seeing no weapons, only a walking stick. His eyes tell me I have encroached into his territory. I think of those women. I meet his wolf eyes. We talk of things off trail, water holes, encampments. He knows a few. Tension abandons his shoulders. He knows that I know the mountain. Knows that I can disappear here. That I don't need lead. Thank you. Dwayne, give him a hand. Do that. I feel like we're off to a good start. Do you all feel like we're off to a good start? Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Malcolm Kenyon to the stage. Two poems tonight. This one is called Manic Depression in Brighton. Gray days. Suicide seems more inviting than writing. England, I remind myself, built an empire in rain. Hunkered down inside kippers, whetstones, filthy moods, thoughts of genocide. Thomas Hardy wrote on days like this. It shows, doesn't it? At Brighton, sun comes out. Inexplicably, secretaries change. Clothes at noontime crossing the street to the seawall like lemmings, pandemonium, bras, bare titties on the fly. Clutch sandwiches, two-piece bathing suits, manic. Not stayed like you thought we were, my English wife says laughing. All evil fades in sunlight. England forgives even murder in bright weather. And this is called anachronism. Perhaps marriage for the working class is relatively new. Peering up at windows in old brick buildings, I see empty rooms wondering who used to live in them. How many single men let out their lives and died among piled, soiled clothes and scattered papers who spent their idle nights at mirrored bars and smoked, drank whiskey neat and spat in brass platoons. I'd bet the West was won by single men, by loggers confined to high mountain fastnesses, by cowboys riding fence alone for life, their blanket and a saddle much too small to accommodate a wife, or miners fired by avarice who dug to reach the quintessential core of solitude, built cabins perched on slopes so steep cables were required as guys to keep from sliding off their beds of self-hewn planks just wide enough 
for one filthy man with muddy boots to sleep alone, who never had a wife, a way of life he always thought was normal. Thank you. That is Malcolm Kenyon. Please welcome Chris Gusta. I'm going to read two poems tonight. The first one is by Wayne Kostenbaum from his collection, Best-Selling Jewish Porn Films. The Visible. From a distance, it is perfectly visible, she said of her vagina. God put it rather high. It's not her fault. She has no taste. Drugged, she took a bus to visit me. How loyal. She cooked me an omelet, derided my usual meals. Your idea of dinner is cold cuts. Her son died. Her son was sexy. Her son had a wife. Her son had a built-in pool. I sat by the son's poolside. I touched the son in the dark. From a distance, he was perfectly visible. Thanks. You might ask if I think the things done have been wrong, but you have no idea how hungry I've been. And without these last weeks, I am just going through these rusty handgun exercises. How can I go through these rusty handgun exercises? I don't want to write this down. We're settling under a panoply of dead moons. Nothing is sprouting, though the, though the butcher has been selling me shark tongues at a heavy discount. But the way you are asking is more expensive than my cocaine habit. And what is there left but pornography and the showering of our hands if you take away the simpler pleasures of pure vice and talk? Thanks. That is Chris Gusta. Please welcome Tiffany Goodrow to our stage. Poems of Love or The Clinging Vine Comes Untwined. This book is by Pava Young. Ramon. It's by Pava Young. Ramon, unable to sleep alone in my bed, I snuggle my pillow with undisguised dread. My knees will maneuver Ramon till he's right. See, Ramon is my pillow, my bud for the night. He's just a bit lumpy, too soft to be good. I'd trade Ramon quickly for a man if I could. A healthy old buck with hair on his back, a gleam to his teeth. Yes, a live one to snack. But alas, I can't find him. He's lost in the crowd. And to grab me, the nearest, is just not allowed. So I shall be patient. I'll wait in the wing with Ramon tucked so tightly you can't hear him scream. <laughs> it's just too cute. Pavillon.
Tiffany Goodrow, ladies and gentlemen. It's true. That's Tiffany. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Andy Siebert to our stage. This heart is a temple, desecrated, yes, and thick with ivy, rooted deep in the tiny cracks and deeper into crevices. Veiny vines with pointy leaves surround each pillar bridging heaven and earth. The spring-fed fountain in its center, long ago tipped over, spills indiscriminately upon soil and stone, and little skittery things visit, glistening in the moonlight as irregular shadows play about its contours. Some scattered pieces of stone are reassembled from the wreckage, arranged in rings telling of the passing of seasons. Wildflowers laugh, tickled by butterfly and bumblebee wings. I have seen hope falter faster than water falling out of rusty tin cans shot full of holes. I have seen light wavering in eyes I have known only to twinkle, robbed even of the shimmer of tears, dried up in apathy from too many dying dreams. I have had a trembling heart shaken to its foundation by belief fading into vapor, and I have walked a crooked path through the brambles of this pavement-infested wilderness, still hoping the wildflowers would find their way skyward through the cracks, though some would call them weeds and feel the need to poison them to stop their spread. I'm on the flower side because I still believe in beauty, and there's plenty of it somewhere, maybe still in me, maybe a part of me I don't remember that well, that called the neighborhood junkyard a playground and quickly fell in love with the sound of breaking glass. Because I still believe and hope, there are those who would call me crazy. But I have seen hope fall harder than wily e. coyote off the cliffs of despair, and I have seen light stolen from children by encroaching pessimistic shadows, and I have had a trembling heart, and I have considered investing in stone walls. But I know the rainbow must be appreciated for its full spectrum, if at all. And I would rather feel the burn of excess UV rays than hide from the sun. So I hope twice as hard as I believe I'm capable and I share what light I've found. And my heart still trembles from trepidation. But what would a butterfly be without an occasional flutter from the buffeting of a brisk breeze while airborne? And if it wasn't scary sometimes, would it be worth it at all? And if there isn't any reason to hope, do you want to be reasonable? Do you want to be right so bad you give up just so you can say I told you so? I mean, I know you've seen hope fall deader than a coffin nail, and I know you've seen light so far away, the star you think you're seeing probably burned out before you were born, and I know you've had a trembling heart because this world tests the temper of our metal. But the beauty, oh no, yeah. But the tenacity factor of your will is directly proportionate with the alignment of your outlook. Oh, but man, what am I saying? Here's the formula for idealistic optimism. Here's the appropriate coordinates to set your sights far from sinking. So if I got the answer, why do I have to try to convince myself every day? I mean, where have all the heroes gone? And what's up with that thing from the never-ending story called the nothing being real? What the fuck is that? I mean, I've seen hope slapped out of someone. Said wipe that smile off your face too many times. I've seen light burning a whole new shade of red beyond crimson through these eyes. And I have had a trembling heart as I do right now. But somehow, whether by force of will or habit, I keep picking up the pieces of these broken dreams. And sometimes 
when I'm crawling around looking for the pieces I've lost, some other starry-eyed daydreamer gives me a new piece, a sense of inner peace, and I get all tingly. And stuff starts to make sense for a while. I mean, I've seen hope so solid that when doubt came a knock and there was just a note on the door said wrong neighborhood and I find hope in random acts of kindness almost every day and there's light and there's shadow and color and cosmic background radiation and I know that sometimes when my heart trembles, it's just because it's so full of energy that it'll explode if I don't share it. And I know if there's a part of me in you and a part of you in me and I will try to be able to look you in the eye and smile as we all once again become one and I hope the light I shine may stir your heart to tremble too. Lines seem like lies sometimes when a fading merge collides with indecisive clarity and tenacious elusive conviction. One invisible orbit escaped while another calls. This one too, saturated with encapsulated lessons of retroactive future retrospection. The lines of this being I've been are blurring again and as fast as I draw one, another fades, and there's somehow more clarity in this? What is it about paradox that's so appealing to the prankster piloting this destiny? Stargazers, wistful serenity, mischievous serenity. Will I find this vibe again, juxtaposed between a structured reconstruction effort and aspiring to embrace a belief in beautiful chaos? Consensus between these forces not often envisioned, yet they converge, convening, conference calling, sometimes like a perfectly balanced platform of pebbles, polished by eons of tumbling perched precariously above a precipice. I'm inclined to investigate, inviting a cascade of lump-inducing brow beatings as yet another realization is brought to my awareness through pain. One would think masochistic tendencies in this context would lead to wisdom eventually, or maybe there's an easier way, a flow, collective unconscious. Yeah, this exists, but sometimes my default setting tends towards aloof, which seems a step above inebriation, is an illusory intoxication nonetheless. Yeah, catharsis. Yeah, words. Lao Tzu said, the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao, but I know someone who said it better. Bets are for the birds and real answers don't have words. Andy Siebert, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Tom with an R. Poem is entitled, The Fish Are Now Afraid. The great bloated leviathans had it well and to their liking. Their big mouths netted their prey and gave their prey a purpose, so they said, because what they said mattered. Just ask them. And the prey had no recourse to their apparently predestined plight. The prey lived in fear and servitude to their gargantuan masters. Their little lives, it seems, existed only to feed their obese overlords. The great whale masters ruled the sea. And so they blubbered, all was as it should be. But stewing in the compressing darkness of the deep, long-forgotten elements have escaped and mingled through the years, discarded so many moons ago by the hairless apes as obsolete garbage, a chemical soup which now provides impending possibilities. Having permeated the prey with reactionary potential, simply waiting for a catalyst, 
those massive masters might someday see an unforeseen antagonist. Then pop! The drum beat broke and the sound carried throughout the sea. It was the final drum beat for the puffed up oppressors of the prey. For the catalyst had been unleashed and this was the end. The prey too had heard that sound and they all felt that sound. They all could feel a change within and a new strength without. They could sense their neighbors' thoughts and feelings, their joys and their loves, their fears and their hates. And the prey knew as one at that moment, their separate little lives really mattered in no way. What really mattered was that they were no longer prey. Soon after that, the first bloated, slightly thinner carcass fell, its blowhole blocked by a brave bunch of self-sacrificing krill. It wasn't long before they all fell, each one floating down towards that long, dark sleep in the crushing blackness of the deep, the former prey swimming circles around their past fears, and that was their inevitable fate, those overbearing beasts. That was the thinking of the krill. And what they think matters, just ask all those they've killed. <laughs> that is Tom, ladies and gentlemen. That is Tom, give him a hand. Please welcome Dr. Gary Wade to the stage. Let not time flow. Let not time flow through your fingers in insubstantial liquidity. Cup your hands to hold time. Watch it overflow your bowl like smoke, life light and fluffy, or boiling brown, or sooty, smudgy black, depending on the heat of you and your skill at transformation of what and whom you touch. Let the light of time play upon your fingers. Watch the shadows that you make play upon the walls you pass. Know that you are a prism set. You are a set of telemagnifying lenses looking backward into time in all directions. Your mirror reflects both truth and gravity's distortions. Let the whirling eddies of time carry you toward the foreign shores, but eschew your grounding there. Sail onward with your charts spread wide for navigation, not folded just for sitting one, sitting on and keeping the seat of your trousers dry. You must go with the flow of time, but the choice is yours, to thrust with speed and leave awake, or to calmly float through placid pools while ignoring the dash and crash of approaching cataracts and accepting your fate. When fog or darkness overflow the waters of time until you cannot tell directions, dip your fingers into its current to test its speed, temperature, and direction against your course. Let slip through your fingers liquid, smoke, light, vision, but not the flow of time. Thank you. Gary Wade, ladies and gentlemen, the good doctor. Ladies and gentlemen, that was our show. 
Oh, it's already begun. Yet another dis- show poetry night. Poetry night. Poetry night. Poetry night. Did I sell that well? <laughs> like every single person in there is like, this is a teaching moment. <laughs> Poetry all over the microphone. The microphone. The microphone. The microphone. Black Coyote. Black Coyote. Black Coyote. again. And again. Win again. Win again. Poetry night is something that you carry with you. Here. 